in this episode. Oh, it's February. I should go and watch something in the cinema. Don't do this. You can only lose. You'll pick it up as we go along. It'll be fine. In March, on the 8th, we have Captain Marvel coming out. At first, I thought it was a biopic of Canadian rapper Snow. But no, it turns out it is an action movie. Are Pokemon fans looking forward to this film? I think it might be pretending to be a Coen Brothers movie. But here's the thing. I'm a big Rebel Wilson fan, but even I'm aware that Rebel Wilson is not Melissa McCarthy, so... There you go, that's our Tumblr outrage for that film. And the 26th, uh, a little movie, a little independent movie, probably not heard of it, Avengers Endgame, not sure how that's going to do. What's the ending going to be in a world where only one man remembers what the Beatles were? Everyone, even people who like it, a lot, are like... But really, who's going to watch this movie? And so I think it's probably going to disappear without trace, to be honest. It's, it probably wasn't made for a lot of money, so it doesn't even make a lot of money. I'm not feeling either of those movies, and I really hope that th- those two kill this vile trend stone dead. You bunch of absolute twerps. So, Ian, your thoughts on that smorgasbord of completely weird, like... Variety. Are you a teenager? Do you enjoy going away to parties where your parents don't know and drinking alcohol and making out with a boy? Well, you deserve to be murdered! Never mind Captain Marvel! Look at this, incels! People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Gentlemen, we have a problem. Very reluctantly, I start watching a new series these days for various personal reasons. But once I do, it's a certain commitment. So I'm somewhat depressed I've arranged for this Saturday night so we can waffle on about some films that haven't come out yet. But I'm much rather be watching the last two episodes of Umbrella Academy. So not wishing to start our new series on a, on a bad foot. But can we quickly bash this one out so we can get back to watching Netflix? Well, Umbrella Academy is so far... Well, I've watched first two episodes and it is awesome isn't it it's oh my goodness yes right from the start it's pulling me in well done sirs round of applause titans is good too if you if you haven't caught that and that's coming from me you know how i feel about dc properties so well even dc don't want to make dc anymore we're not not just talking about the tv series and the the film we're talking about the comics anyway moving on for those of you that have not been here before welcome Uh, we are the 80s kids i am one of the 80s kids and my name is leo and my companion my uh companion here in uh whiffling about films is uh i'm ian yes okay right yes ian's uh through line for this episode which we do yearly we do an episode like this yearly we predict what's going to hit it big and what's going to be our big old disappointment at the box office in the summer that is to come, and then later on in the year, we're going to get together and see how we did. And uh, hey, good news, everyone. We've been getting better at it. So I'm, yeah. I'm prepared to 
say well, this is a quality show. I think it's partly our process, which I shall explain thus. Instead of just to looking at all the movies as a big like, oh, look, we've, they're just releasing movies all over the place. What I do is I visit the U. Film Distributors Association timetable, which they handily put up, although it's not always 100%. We had like two films at least, if not three yanked last year after I'd seen their putative response. Indeed, when I was putting this list together, there's a slot for an untitled DC movie uh, sometime around July or August. I'm like, that's not going to happen. But, you know, it's it's the best we've got. So that's what we use as a guidepost. So all the release dates are UK release, release dates. And I split them up by genre. The one exception that we have a special section of the comic book movies, seeing as they exist in a parallel universe where people pay a lot of money to watch men in spandex punching one another. All women. Uh, all women now. Captain Marvel coming up soon. Comic book movies are in themselves, but then we've got like sci-fi fantasy, action, which has been doing really badly recently, not in terms of money, but just people don't seem to want to make action movies anymore. But we're going to keep it in there because it's going to come back. Trust me. One day we're going to going to want action movies again we're going to have comedy movies family movies horror movies and then there's a little discussion of things that are weird that are happening this year that goes at the end during the course of our dissection of the year by genre we are going to pick what we think is going to out of that genre do best that year in terms of box office and we are also going to pick two movies one of which is easy to explain that is the summer turkey this is a movie that we've identified that is going to way underperform and lose the people bucket loads last year if we'd have been at all seeing it coming round about the end of february beginning of march we'd have picked solo for example because that was short. i mean it was it was a good movie but boy did it not make any money um relatively speaking but then we have the summer Battler, which is a movie which we indicate is going to way outperform what the budget indicates they expected it to take. Last year, if we'd have been on the smart money, we'd have picked A Quiet Place and Crazy Rich Asians, both of which made bang. And then the, from this, we learned the important lesson. If you're looking for the summer battler, comedy and horror, and particularly horror, are great places to look. Uh, action, sci-fi, not so much because, like, they cost a lot, so they're not likely to outstrip predictions, unless you get really lucky. So that's basically the format. You'll pick it up as we go along. It'll be fine. Uh, and, in fact, let's start with it. It's a good thing to start with comic books, because it's kind of a... Well, duh. It's kind of a training wheels. Yeah. Yes, it's like, it's like, this is really easy to follow. So the available comic book movies on the slate are... In March, on the 8th, we have Captain Marvel coming out. So it's like right around the corner and they've started that publicity machine right about now. Then on the 5th of March, we have, oh, sorry, 5th of April, my birthday, we have Shazam. The 12th, a week later, Hellboy. And the 26th, uh, a little movie, a little independent movie, probably not heard of it, Avengers Endgame. Not sure how that's going to do. Then we have uh, June 7th, X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is kind of an interesting pick. I'll come back to it later. Uh, July, we have Spider-Man, uh, Far From Home. And on August the 2nd, we have The New Mutants. So, Ian, your thoughts upon this uh, buffet of various superhero adventures for this summer? I think I'm going to have to put out some sort of new rule. 
to saying, look, okay, if you want to have some sort of institute that's made mutants that are now like children, obviously, because they started from scratch, genetically engineering them, you are no longer allowed to refer to them purely by numbers. It's being done. Children, numbers, it's <laughs> it's like we've, we've had Granger things, we've had Umbrella Academy. There's been other things where they're all numbers. I think there were numbers in, in like um, Dark Angel, that series from the 90s. Uh, so yes. it's like, yeah, that's old hat done. So new mutants. Travelers. New mutants. I watched the trailers and it's lots of children who have numbers being experimented on by evil scientists. And like, I think I've seen this. So I think this is a comic book trope that I, I'm keen to move past. But looking over what we've got, I've got here. We've got Captain Marvel. I think it's not going to make Superbank. I think it will make Ant-Man money or a bit better than Ant-Man money. It isn't going to flop. Everyone's going to go, oh, it was fine actually. After all the blancmange minds we've had to negotiate in the goddamn coverage of this movie, where Marvel are appraising themselves to the skies, for breaking their own glass ceiling, because the glass ceiling was already broken for everybody else, I don't know why they expect a round of applause for casting a female in the lead. We get Captain Marvel. Marvel's not a character that set the comic book world on fire. Let's see how she does on the big screen. It'll be fine. Shazam, it's going to be a nice, dumb, fun uh, DC action movie. I'm not sure at all how well it's going to do. The potential for just disappearing here is, is great. But then again, I, I didn't think Aquaman was going to, do fanta- going to do all that well, and that's just done gangbusters. Hellboy, I have a lot of resistance to this because they did a reboot. Where like, did you have to make it a reboot? Can you just like do another Hellboy film with someone else playing Hellboy and he's in a different location anyway? So did you have to do a reboot? So I have a certain resistance there. I don't know how the average viewer is going to be about that. Uh, Avengers Endgame is going to make the most money, everybody. Spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. Avengers Endgame is going to make the most money here. Uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix, great potential for floppage here, which would be very sad if, if this is, because this is, this is probably going to be the last film in the X-Men series that goes back all the way to the year 2000. It'll be awfully sad if it ends on a bit of a damp squid. But I think people kind of want it to fail, because then X-Men can be melded back into the uh, Marvel Cinematic un- Movies. Spider-Man. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm definitely going to go see this movie because I like Spider-Man enough to make the effort. Uh, but I, I read some depressing figures that essentially every Spider-Man film has made less money than the last, and that carries over from like the Spider-Man movie that came out in 2001, apparently. It's, like, it's always been diminishing returns. And that includes Homecoming. Homecoming was by no means an upkick in terms of bums on seats from the amazing Spider-Man. So I'm a bit trepidatious about do people want to go see this or not, which is sad because it's Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's the biggest Marvel character that there is. Newmans, I've already covered. Children, numbers, you've seen it. Uh, so there we are. That's my lineup. What's your impression? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we're going to have to have the special superhero rule here that what we're actually picking is what's going to come second, not what's going to come first because april 26th comes you know it's like last year i saw half a movie and i'm kind of wondering how that turned out so you know i've got no choice but to go and see avengers endgame because uh, i already saw well, the beginning let's say hellboy's not going to make a shit ton of money shazam's not going to make a shit ton of money uh i think dark phoenix is probably going to flop really comes down to like Spider-Man or Captain Marvel, take your pick. And your pick is? Worth tossing a coin here. Uh, I think Captain Marvel's probably the new thing, and people might be more tempted to go see a new Marvel thing rather than yet another Spider-Man movie, even though I don't think anyone has any particular objections to this latest iteration of Spider-Man. It's nice to have him less angsty for once. Captain Marvel, the first thing that uh, Marvel have done to irritate me with regard 
regards to Captain Marvel is that now I can walk into Asda and see some lovely girls' T-shirts covered in Captain Marvel, but not one boy's T-shirt. It's like, yeah, I like wearing the Hulk on my chest, and I like wearing Iron Man on my chest, and I'm fine with wearing Captain America on my chest. I'm also fine with wearing Captain Marvel on my chest, because they're people, not genders. So don't just make female t-shirts for Captain Marvel, you bunch of absolute twerps. But I mean, obviously, that's not something against the movie. It's against the fact that they, despite the fact that they've been in this backslapping contest where they had to send uh, a special message of thumbs upness to uh, Evangeline Lilly, because it's like, you know, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, yeah, you're the first female superhero who's had her name in the title. I mean, yeah, okay, so it comes after Anther. And Ant-Man comes first, but you're the first. Don't you forget that. You're awesome. And it's like, yeah, this backslapping thing is, it's way too hard. They're coming on way too strong. And then they only produce female t-shirts for Captain Marvel. That's like, like, you're you're not, not only are you not the first female-led superhero movie, you're not the first Marvel-led female superhero movie. Just the first one in the MCU. That's all that is. We had Elektra before. Yeah. Why well, the reason that they're leaning on this uh, fact of busting boundaries and sticking one to the man babies and all that is because they're hoping that it'll inspire people to go and see it, you know, multiple times or whatever it is. It didn't work in Ghostbusters. This marketing doesn't work. I hate to say this, but superheroes... There are women who love superheroes and are really into it, who has more males than not. Now, if you want to chase a larger audience, go for it. But you can't do that by basically telling your traditional audience to go F themselves. The Captain Marvel marketing is significantly absent of statements like, never send a man to do a woman's job or anything, you know? It's like they don't do that, but what they are doing is trying to celebrate the womanhood thing in a way they totally didn't even really think to do that with Black Panther. And yet, the, you know, the community that loved Black Panther took care of that themselves. They didn't need marketers telling them they had permission to feel good about this movie. And I think that's where they've stepped out of line. Uh, moving on to that, Shazam, I've seen the advert. The advert looks as if it's going to be a very amusing movie. And the Umbrella Academy, which we've been discussing, has this thing where if they'd have made it like 15 years ago, people have gone, yeah, it's kind of okay, but I... I'm really waiting for that traditional superhero movie. Whereas now it's a palate cleanser because we have loads of traditional superhero movies. Having something that's a bit off the beaten track is fine. And DC seem to be going down this road of like, we've tried Grimdark. Now let's just try a little bit stupid. And actually it's working out for them. So good power to their elbow. I like it when it's more colourful, more Zany. For some reason, they seem to have a handle on that. Confident that you're correct about people not running out to see it because it's like right caught in the between the Captain Marvel Avengers Endgame uh, double whammy. And for those people who want a bit of counter programming to that, David Harbour from Stranger Things as Hellboy seems to provide enough of an antidote. So I think I don't want to say Shazam's in trouble, but I don't think it's going to perform the way they want it to perform. And Hellboy. I don't know. I think they've got caught in it's a bit like, of... It's like, well, the people who like love the first two Hellboy movies and they've been hanging out there for a third movie are probably going to be disappointed by a reboot. I also think that they could have taken the Deadpool risk and dropped it already in February because we didn't have any superhero movies in February. It worked out for Deadpool and that's early enough. 
stuff that you might get those people who haven't seen a superhero movie since Aquaman at Christmas and are like, oh, it's February, I should go and watch something in the cinema. So then we've got Avengers Endgame, which there's no point even discussing. It's like I say, saw half a movie last year and would like to see the other half now. On the 26th of April, we shall all have a cultural event together. Yes. Moving on. Moving on. Excellent Dark Phoenix. Now, this is weird, because do you know when X-Men Dark Phoenix was supposed to come out? Last year. February. Well, yes, first of all last year, but then they bounced it to February in the Deadpool slot. And then they just have randomly decided to put it slap bang a month and a half after Avengers Endgame. And I I don't... I'm like... No, no, it's very simple, Leo. Fox has been bought by Disney. That's what's going on. All of a sudden, it's very embarrassing they had this X-Men movie on the shelf because it doesn't line up with Disney's slated movies. Had they got there earlier, they would have nixed it completely, but having had it made, we might as well release it, I suppose. Yes, but what I'm trying to say is because it's before Spider-Man, and it's well after Endgame. It's like a little bridge movie in between Endgame and Spider-Man. And I'm like, that's... Not usually the way you do things. You don't, you, nobody tries to bury anything in June. It's like they've like lifted it up into the sort of sunlight. And I don't understand why, because I don't think it's, it's I mean, maybe it's good. I don't know. But yeah, I don't think it's going to make any money. I just think perplexed by their strategizing here. Maybe they've worked out that people just like a steady diet of superhero movies during the summer and they went, well, we've got one here. Let's just put that out, see what happens. I so, just think yeah. the, X- the X-Men people are going to be like, man, they should have stopped at Logan. That was the perfect note to finish on. Instead, it's going to be Dark Phoenix instead. Carry on. I've, I've never been able to watch that third Wolverine movie because I just find, I just find the idea of it depressing. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. And I've sat down and watched the beginning, like the first 10 minutes and gone, no, I'm not depressed enough to watch this today and switched it off. So I don't, I mean, people keep telling me it's good, but it's not what I'm in a superhero movie for. Unlike Spider-Man Far From Home, which is exactly... Now, this is a really interesting movie, because this is Spider-Man's last contractually obligated MCU appearance. In fact, contractual obligations say, now Spider-Man, in the form of Tom Holland, and all that he has done so far, goes back to Sony after this. And because of Venom, they're probably going to get their mitts back on him and go, wait, hey. Well, it's not so much because of Venom. Venom was fine... But here's the thing, right? I think Venom alone might have been like, well, maybe we'll still sign a further extension with Marvel. I think the thing that's made it not has been Spider-Verse. Because everybody loves that movie. Everybody loves Spider-Verse. And it's a movie about there being different Spider-Men in different alternative universes and how you can travel between one universe and another. That's part of the Sony canon now. And people loved it. So that's the thing that cemented it. There's only so far you can go with it, because Spider-Man stops being special if there's 25 of them. <laughs> I've got a book that would like to, to prove you wrong on that. It's called Spider-Verse. Yes, you have, and back and you have one book, and it stands out, because most of the time, there's only one Peter Parker. Well, they used to be the case these days. We've got so many female Spider-Men, and so many other versions of Spider-Man that it's like, it's you know, when you can have like a spider family, it starts getting a bit kind of... Uh. I think that Sony are more grabbing onto it because it means that they can essentially poach Tom Holland into the Venom universe and explain it 
Like, and people have already, the culture has already accepted that this could happen. That's a good in-universe explanation. The casual viewers are going to be confused as hell Spider-Verse or not. But I'm certainly interested in a Spider-Man movie that has Mysterio as the villain. Um, although the bad part about it is they're going on holiday to Europe. It's like Spider-Man National Lampoon's European vacation. So that's weird. Uh, and then on August Second, as a sort of afterthought, we get some new mutants, uh, which is a sort of horror-inflected take on it. I think that we're going to find, when we move on to SF and fantasy, that that is too little too late. So my pick for second, hmm, I'm going to go with the maxim that the culture is always one movie behind, and I think that many people have come round to Homecoming since it's been out. So I think Spider-Man's going to do better. I think this is going to be the first uptick because your theory about them making less and less money works out perfectly fine like everyone was super excited for spider-man the fans were super excited for spider-man 2 the fans were still mostly super excited but heard some bad things about three then we go on a content quality decline it's quite sharp until we get to homecoming but by homecoming people were like what this again and it's only afterwards they went oh no this is actually decent look at michael keaton he's cool and iron man's in it so you know that's i think going to be the the key thing that this is going to provide a, a, an uptick and if that happens when that happens spider-man is definitely going home to sony in fact they might call their first one something about spider-man coming home or something like that. something like that is anyway. yes. well I, I, i'm saying like, I, I think captain marvel's going to make ant-man money so uh, i'm not saying it's captain marvel's going to be a runaway billion dollar success yeah i think you'll be a bit harsh with that because ant-man really makes no money I love the Ant-Man franchise. It's one of my favourite franchises that the MCU does. Everyone else hates it, but I absolutely—I thought just a, a sort of frothy movie about things getting bigger or smaller, with the word quantum peppered into it for some kind of gravitas. Uh, that was fine. I thought that was absolutely fine. Everybody else seemed to have a problem with it, but I don't know. Uh, obviously, we need uh, superhero movies that are more serious. You know, something like with lots more rain and and people being miserable. Like a DC movie of the past, oh, you know? You've, you've obviously been watching Glass. Yeah, anyway, anyway so, on. yes. Uh, so we're moving straight on to SF and fantasy. Oh, I should probably, in my text pad of joy, say, Ian's gone for Marvel, I've gone for Spider-Man, just to make things interesting. And I mean, to be fair, that's the least interesting battle that we're going to have in the whole shebang, really, because we've both picked the other Marvel movies. Uh Big wow there. Um, so SF Fantasy. Now, this is always a little bit more difficult because SF Fantasy, when you subtract all the superhero owners, is a bit weird. Okay, so in February on the 6th, we have Alita Battle Angel, which means it's already been out. So we know a little bit about how this is and how this has been doing already, but let's not let that put us off. Coming up the end of March, post-Captain Marvel, pre-Endgame, uh, and pre in fact, Captive State, anyone who recognises this and listens to the show from before will realise that I first said this was coming out like August last year, but then they pulled it from August last year and shoved it forward to here because they actually think that it might be a movie that people might actually want to see. So the studio believes in Captive State and have determined that this is the best possible time to get the maximum audience for it. But will it work? How do we know? We don't. Not until then. May, we skip forward to May because obviously April's a bit superhero-y May 24th we have Ad Astra and Brightburn both out on the 
author, according to the FDA calendar. The further we go through the year, the less reliable that is, but sometime around May, expect to see them hit. And then on the 31st, Godzilla 2 King. King of Monsters, second in the new Godzilla trilogy, uh, and in fact, uh, third entry in the uh, Monsterverse that Universal has been putting together. Uh, June 14th, we have Men in Black International, and that's it for sci-fi and fantasy this year. So, Ian, your thoughts on that smorgasbord of completely weird, like, variety? Elisa Battle Angels beginning some strange word of mouth, saying it's actually quite decent. In fact, if it wasn't recording a podcast tonight, I almost certainly would have gone out and gone and seen it tonight. Uh, so it's something that I will be getting around to fairly shortly. Uh, Captive State, in preparation for this, I watched lots of trailers. <laughs> that's, that's work for me. Uh, Captive State, I was watching it, and I thought, well, there's our power characters film. And it's, it's basically aliens have taken over the world, and, and they're pretending to be benevolent, but they're not. And, uh, and someone is, uh, attempting to overthrow them, um, oddly starting on the lowest possible rung you'd, you'd want to be on to start to overthrow the government as well. Ad Astria, uh, I had to search and search and search to find a trailer for this. I, I believe it's a film with Brad Pitt is starring producing or something, isn't it? Yeah. Based on a book or something or other. I found it very hard to find a trailer. I'd found fans putting together their own trailers in preparation for this. I'm still slightly clueless as to what the hell it is about. Brightburn is basically what if Superman was actually an evil dick, even as a child. Uh, so we shall be exploring that. Godzilla 2, King of Monsters. Looks like they finally realised that Godzilla monsters should be about monsters joyously wrecking the world and beating the crap out of each other in set pieces. And here it is at last. We finally circled round to having them happen. I hope it does well for that reason. Men in Black International, I don't give a damn. Uh, we all know what Men in Black is. I kind of feel this is this is really putting the paddles on the corpse and trying to shock it back into life. I, I couldn't care less. Uh, yeah. So I hope Battle Angel has good word of mouth. Cactus State, I think, is going to disappear. I'm very sad. As- added Astria, I- I'm trying to research what this film is about. I'm still not sure. Brightburn looks more like a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, so... Godzilla's getting my sort of sympathy vote. I hope it does well. I honestly do. Uh, yeah, so for me to run through, Elite Battle Angel is either pretty good, actually, or absolutely terrible, depending on who you listen to. Captive State. The thing is, I think the reason they bump this is because the whole... They can market the crap out of a film that's kind of about fake news arguments... And I think that's the angle that they're trying to take. Well, this, this is what I was saying. I, I hope this isn't just one big kind of Trump analogy. Because it's like, oh, guys, let well, it go. Well, it was made, it, it, I mean, it was made in the prime time for that. And yeah, it is, it's, it's way too late for, we were already past the, the satire. I don't, I mean, yeah. I, I just find it weird when they bump something from a time when it was like, we're not quite burying this, but we're almost to a time where it's like, well, this might get some people to get some eyeballs. Ad Astra, yeah, I found the fan teaser as well, and it's sort of probably something to do with some spaceships or, like, some kind of alien-y I, I type. This. I, I just don't know. It's in the most inconvenient place. And it's up against Brightburn, which people do know what it is, and it's got James Gunn's name attached to it, even as a producer. And so I think he's probably going to disappear without trace, to be honest, much like Brad Pitt himself. Uh, Godzilla 2, King of Monsters, yeah, and it's the middle part of a very definite trilogy that concludes, I think, next year even, with Godzilla versus Kong. That's going to 
That'd be interesting. And yeah, Man in Black International, what the hell. I cannot see it being anything other than Godzilla being the, 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 the whatever you take to be the money maker out of that. I'm not sure any of these are going to top ten. Even, you know, not any of them. I'm going to actually be harmonious with you and think that's the one that is the most clear agenda that isn't Men in Black International. I mean, having said that, I'm the one who was like, Incredibles 2, are you kidding me already? Uh, we are bored of Men in Black, but what about everyone else? Will they want to see it? I'm going to say no. No, no. Okay, right. Stick with my choice. King of Monsters. Action thriller. Oh, now we're getting into the murky waters because, gosh, nobody wants to make this anymore although there is oh now there is a big there is a big fight ironically in action thriller you'll be able to see where it is when i come up with it march 22nd we have the informer given that there's a sudden trend for music biopics at first i thought it was a biopic of canadian rapper snow but no it turns out it is an action movie uh then we have on the april 5th my birthday when shazam's coming out the sisters brothers which is a quality western because that's the only type of western they make anymore may 17th we have the third john wick movie john wick 3 parabellum and in august we have on the second hobbs and shaw which would be called hobbs and shaw or the hobbs and the shaw or two hobbs and two shaw or any of of those kind of the oh any of those things because it is in fact kind of but not really fast and furious nine i think that possibly vin diesel has a thing in his contract that if he's not in it it's not allowed to be called fast and furious because like fast and furious 3 tokyo drift doesn't have anyone in still called fast and furious 3 so why are they held back now and decided to make it sound like a sort of brand of boot polish i don't know but uh, it's possibly contractual and then in september uh, late september they've decided that we want to see the hunt and the woman in the window which is very sketchy because it's all the way over in september i think the interesting thing about this is that the may and august action tent poles parabellum and hobbs and shaw they're locked in even though it's it's August 2nd. We know that's going to happen. I think that really that's where the fight centres. But what do you think, Ian? I think John Wick 3 is going to do very well. because It's almost a superhero movie. So there we go. Yeah. Uh, people who like John Wick really like John Wick. So I think everyone's keyed for the third John Wick film. So that's the one to put your money on right there and then up front. The Informer, it's, it probably wasn't made for a lot of money, so it doesn't need to make a lot of money. The Sisters and Brothers... Is it a good name for a Western? I'm not sure that it is. Is it one of those sort of comedy Westerns? Not a comedy comedy Western, but you know, there's like gags. I think, now that you've said that, I think it might be pretending to be a Coen Brothers movie. Which is why, why would you pretend to be a Coen Brothers movie? It's not a Coen Brothers movie, as far as I'm aware. But that's exactly the kind of title that they love. My dad is the only Western person I know. And if there's a cowboy movie, I'll usually have to do some familial duty and go see see that see that western with him. He is Mr. Baby Boomer. I go see a western, and if he's not interested, it's dead. Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious. It's a Fast and Furious movie. Actually, that's probably gonna do all right, isn't it? Yeah. He's got competition there. He uh, does. You don't, have need, competition. you don't don't need a Vin Diesel when you have the Rock and the Statham. Uh, they can certainly hold a movie on their own. 
Daniel Rock didn't do too well last year, did he? When he had Rampage and Sky and the skyscraper movie. And of um, course, Statham had the Meg, which did fine, but was apparently a snooze fest. Yes, I saw it. I saw it on an airplane. It, it was definitely skippable. Um, when it comes to the hunt and the woman in the window, I find it very hard to find a trailer for the hunt because it's a very generic name for a movie. And the woman in the window, I think, is a remake of a German film, which is based on the book. Oh, is um, also from, uh, basically Rear Window, but with a girl. Yes, oh. and the, the trailer I saw was the trailer for the German film was basically Rear Window. Yeah. Again, made for not very much money, so it doesn't need to make a lot of money. Uh, so in terms of bank, it's going to be John Wick 3 or Hobbs and Shaw. Take your pick. I'm going to say John Wick 3 because you're going to say Fast and Furious. Yeah, it's almost like our picks are predestined. I would dearly love it to be John Wick 3. It's Quantum Baby. But I have a feeling having, we've underestimated the, those Fast and Furious guys before and I'm not falling for that again. So. We never learn. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely, um, the, the thing. I'm going for Hobson Shaw. So there we go. Comedy, uh, summer comedy. Now this is one of the places that we're going to want to look out for something that might be a battler. The other being horror. February 14th, released a couple of weeks ago from where we're recording. Instant Family with uh, Marky Mark and his funky bunch of adopted kids. Um, March 1st, Fighting With My Family, which actually, that that's really weird. Oh, it's been previewed. It's been previewed. Has the rock again. Yeah. 22nd, What Men Want. Ah, it's a twist. April 12th, Little. May 10th, Detective Pikachu and The Hustle. June 28th, we have Yesterday, which actually was a, a recent addition to the lineup because uh, they only started talking about it two weeks ago. So it wasn't even on the FDA, but it, there's clips and everything. So that's probably good to be confirmed. Uh, and August 16th, mm. we have Good Boys. Yeah, this is one of those ones where it's going to be really difficult to pick a winner. Uh, what do you think, Ian? And quickly, quick, I refresh my memory about what Good Boys was, because I trailered all these films, and I can't remember what Good Boys was about. Instant Family, instantly forgettable. Fighting My Family has potential to be funny. It's the wrestling, rags to riches movie, uh, female wrestler with Star in the Rock, possibly, if you're into wrestling. Uh, what Men Want, I want Sue to see this film, because what m- women want is one, was one of her favourite films of the noughties. Yes. So the, this this sort of so what this man wants is for my wife yes. to watch the movie. If if they can actually say something interesting about what men think, I will I will be stunned. I think this is going to be an opportunity to belittle what men think rather than say there's there's hidden depths there under a stoical skin. Hopefully it won't just be there to bash men in a blamangy fashion, but we'll see. Little, basically, as a woman who's, who's very mouthy and annoying and she gets cursed to yes, it's the, the child. It's the opposite of big, you see. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a conceptual turnaround sequel to big. The only thing that I have objected to this is I actually saw the trailer for it and a lot of the humour comes out from the fact it's an adult in, in a girl's body. So yes, she's cracking on to her school teacher and things like that. It's like, and, and getting spanked in public. I was like, this is, this is feeling, making me feel a bit creepy, actually. I'm not sure this is creepy. Detective Pikachu is like, one of these trailers I saw, I thought was a, a gag at first, but then it <laughs> yes. just kept on going. You and everyone else. And so I'm, I'm amazed this exists at all. Hustle is a, uh, a fact medium, does some sort of professional job, and falls over a lot. 
Uh, I'm sure that'll do okay, because most of his other films have done alright, in the vein of Spy and things like that. I too was whacked by the yesterday's uh, promotion train, which hit me on YouTube and hooked me with its don't click me in five second advert thing. I watched a whole trailer and thought, oh, what an interesting premise for a film. Hmm. And even though I thought it was very interesting, I'm probably not going to go see it, but interesting idea. I wonder how it's going to go. I'm wondering, what's the ending going to be in a world where only one man remembers what the Beatles were and therefore starts making money off the back of the Beatles songs? How do you end that? Short of him coming out and going, I'm a bit of a fraud and I don't deserve my fame at the end, some sort of revelatory self-realisation. Where else do you go with it? Obviously, the Beatles have to come back into existence. Then what happens? And the good boys, I couldn't find any information about. Looking over this mess, Hustle is probably going to do all right as far as the audience is concerned. And uh, What Men Want is probably the similar vein. Fighting My Family is probably going to be more of a cult hit. Detective Pikachu, people are going to watch it on Netflix. No one's going to go to cinema to watch Detective Pikachu. Are Pokemon fans looking forward to this film? Were they saying we want to have... Pokemon in the real world and then do a gritty hard-boiled detective story about them. Uh, I, I really don't why, why know. Why do you want live-action Pokemon? Uh, as I don't know anything about Pokemon, it's like, it, for the first time, I'm in that boat of people who are like, oh, well, this movie exists, but I really don't know anything about it. It's like live-action Scooby-Doo. I don't know. It's novelty. With, uh, with, uh, Ryan Reynolds doing the voice of Pikachu. So, yesterday looks very worthy, but Hustle's probably going to make the most money. Right, to bring you up to speed on what Good Boys is, Seth Rogen produced, I think, to a certain degree, although he's not writing or directing, and it's got Jacob Tremblay, it's about boys who are in school, and there isn't much known apart from there being a cast, and that it's from Seth Rogen, it's going to be a comedy, it's going to have kids in it, and uh, apparently uh, a stand-in for one of the actors was in blackface, and this caused the blancmange wobble, which is weird. Like, why would you do that? If it's a stand-in, it could be a, a golf ball on a stick. So the, the effort of actually causing people offence with that... Uh, yeah, OK. But we don't know what the film is, so uh, all it's got is names and stuff, so I'm not holding out much hope. What's your winner? For that, from that uh, smorgasbord of weirdness. Oh, hustle, hustle, probably. Okay, cool. Uh, what have I got to say about any of this? Instant Family got good reviews. It's actually like about something in addition to being a bit of a comedy. Mark Wahlberg seems to be very attached to projects which have alternative families, as in family arrangements that are not the norm. So he's he's making this, which is is all about that sort of thing. And people. People seem to be warm to it, so um, I'm going to think about that while I talk about it. Yeah, Fighting My Family is a wrestling movie for wrestling people. It'll make the money it wants to make. Uh, what Men Want, yeah, I think it's you, what you've put your finger on is the fact that when you make What Women Want, it's about mocking the people who have the advantage when they discover that the people who don't have the advantage have brains. You can't just reverse that. You can't say this sense yeah, of because, woman. So it's interesting. Yeah, by the end of it, Mark Gibson becomes more empathic, more in touch. He makes a connection with his daughter. He's a much more emotional guy for having gone through this experience. When it's the other way around, when a woman can read a man's mind, 
are they seriously going to write a woman having an epiphany from listening to the internal struggles of men? I thought in today's climate, probably not. Well, I think right, the only way that you can play this is that if the woman in question is demonstrated to be putting herself down because she's been surrounded by people, men, telling us she's worthless, and in the end she just becomes more assertive, and I'll play, because she realises that the men really don't know better or that when she gets into it but then you're right it does run this thing of like i mean let's let's put it this way there's going to be a part of the blamange that's going to have a good old wobble about that one maybe it's a distraction tactic to get people to stop hating on captain marvel and that she's this film is like the chaff that comes out of the back of the fighter plane it's like never mind captain marvel look at this incels so yeah okay so that's that uh little yeah i agree entirely with what you say about creepy feelings i think some people probably find it hilarious though detective pikachu i don't get it uh the hustle i forget remind me the hustle is rebel wilson oh fat woman yeah. doing the thing right yes rebel wilson oh rebel wilson vehicle you see now i'm a big rebel wilson fan but even i'm aware that rebel wilson is not melissa mccarthy so I don't think that having a vehicle for her doing stuff is necessarily going to pay off. Yesterday, didn't even know what that was at the end of January. Now I'm perfectly okay with the concept. Is it going to translate to people going to see it? I don't think it is, because if we look at the way that comedy turned out last year, I'm going to have to say that it's probably actually between instant family, what men want and little, because it depends which one lands. Now, we know that Instant Family has landed, but but I don't think that Instant Family has the draw of either what men want or little if either of them land. But I think the chances of them landing are extremely small. So I am going to go with Instant Family. All right. I think that's going to make the most money out. And you went for the hustle, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, it's really hard. Comedy is really hard this so, year. Uh, I'm certainly not looking there for a battler, let's put it that way. Meanwhile, when we when we get to family, my goodness, there's a there's a yep. there's a lot here to get through and I think there needs to be a subcategory of this used to be a TV programme. Or has been subsequently turned into a TV programme. So uh, we've already had How to Train Your Dragon Three, uh Lego Movie Two we've already had, Kid who would be king came out here in the UK at least uh, like a couple of weeks ago. And then we've got live action Dumbo. Then we've got uh, coming out in March, right at the end of March. In April, we've got uh, Claymation, Missing Link. Uh, Peppa Pig 2 is coming out. Wonder Park uh, is out, out on the 8th of April. So Missing Link and Peppa Pig both out on my birthday. Uh, so obviously my birthday cinema trip will be to see Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> so you're missing the missing link. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of Peppa Pig, if I'm honest. Uh, May 17th, Paw Patrol, Mighty Pups, their first movie, as I am well aware now, being the father of a Paw Patrol fan, looking at all the DVDs where it's just like four episodes on a DVD. I'm like, why am I paying for that? So this is going to be the first time there's an actual movie with Paw Patrol in it, and I'm still not entirely convinced he's going to be old enough to sit through it. Oh, well, no. there's a shame. Uh, 24th, we have live-action Aladdin, or pointless Aladdin, as I like to call it. Yes. Uh, Secret Life of Pets 2. Then in June 21st, we have Toy Story 4. July 5th, Queen's Corgi. 19th, uh, live quote-unquote, live-action Lion King, because it's not really, it's just a more 
or fancy cartoon. August 9th, we have Artemis Fowl and Playmobil, the movie, because they look... What's those Lego people doing? Yeah. Oh, nobody will go and see that. What the hell? They all went and saw it. Quick! Um, Spies in Disguise, which I was like, what the hell is this? And then I watched the advert and I was like, oh, that's what this is. Okay. Um, and then 16th Door of the Explorer. So, basically, they've gone, kids will watch anything and indeed... They have a lot of anything to choose for. You might want to run through this with your arm out in the spirit of joy. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's let's knock off Dora the Explorer and Peppa Pig and Mighty the things that are on TV. Exactly what you said. The audience for these films is very young, and that makes them difficult to make them sit down and watch even some they like for long. Please be aware, time. Peppa Pig the one made a lot of bank. This is Peppa I'm sure, Pig too. I'm, I'm sure it did, but the thing is, by the time you get to Peppa Pig two. The audience of Peppa Pig One have graduated out of it. Uh, this is something you're going to get on DVD and show and show your kid, though, isn't it? It's not, not going yeah, to be... I guess. Yeah. So all those shuffled out of the way. I like you say the the what did you describe it? The the unnecessary Aladdin film, the unasked for Aladdin film, yeah. the live action version of Aladdin that nobody wanted with Will Smith as the genie. Oh, directed by Guy Ritchie. Just to add into this, okay. which makes me wonder: is it going to be like? Uh, so there's this uh, Jafar guy. He says he's got a blag down the cave. You know, like is that is that the way we're going, guy? You know? okay, a little bit so of uh, obscure funk cuts from the 1990s uh, on the soundtrack. Vinnie very, Jones as the palace guard. Very quickly going for the rest. How to Train Dragon in the World. If you like the dragon movies, you'll probably go and see this one. Lego Movie Two. That's going to be huge. Let's not kid ourselves. The Kid Who Will Be King, I saw the trailer, I thought... Ooh. It's being huge right now. Yes, being huge Sorry, right now. Karen. The Kid Who Will Be King, I looked at that and thought, oh, it's so sad, I'm not going to make any money. <laughs> that's, what, that's what everybody thinks. Sorry, carry uh, on. Yes, it's true. It's like, well, you, you, there's so much work and effort into this, and it, no one cares. Live-action Dumbo, he can't even talk. He can't even... It's not even Dumbo's not even going to have a good anthropomorphic relationship with his mice friends in this one. It's just going to be about a sad, abused elephant. Who wants to see this movie? Not me. <laughs> missing Link. I too am missing the Missing Link. Wonder Park. Uh, some girl makes a model park as a child and then it finds the real thing later on as an adult. Okay. I, you, I can't judge what people will go see, so who knows. Pets. Like, do. Pets too. How would one do? Well, it made a sequel, didn't it? It must have done all right. Um, Toy Story 4. People are going to... No, go- the way you say it is... Uh, Toy Story 4, like that, that's how you say it. Oh, Toy Story 4. Talking about the unnecessary and asked-for film, it may have all made Toy Story 3. Everyone had an enormous sigh of relief. And then we leaned back and we stood up and we applauded. We said, well done. Excellent trilogy, Pixar. For guys who are reluctant about doing sequels, you really made a lot of effort there. You made quality. Leave it alone. Do spin-offs if you have to. But I think the Toy Story thing, the three films stand together as a perfect body of work of a beginning and a middle and end. And here we are in Toy Story 4. Watching the trailer, I was thinking, gosh, Tom Hanks sounds old. Oh, God. Don't do this. You can only lose. You've, you've already made a trillion dollars at the casino. Why are you picking up the dice again? <laughs> yes. 
Queen's Core gets Agency of Trail. Lion King's gonna do very well, because Lion King is still very bankable, even though it's not live action, it's, it's computer animated. Artemis Fowl, when I used to do audiobooks, Artemis Fowl was one of the books that came through there. I didn't do Artemis Fowl, I did the sequel, and it was more like, the guy who wrote it? Owen Colfer. That's the guy. He was the guy who came in and they, they, they parachuted him in to write the sixth Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. And that kind of made sense to me, because having done listened to the second Artemis Fowl book, it's full of things like leprechauns are the lep-recon squad. Uh, they're an actual unit, and like gnomes burrow through the ground by basically eating rock and excruding it through their behinds. But when I saw the Artemis Fowl trailer, it's Harry Potter. It's exactly like <laughs> Harry Potter. It's like, no, it's, it's, a, it's a bit more goofy than that. Yeah, Playmore, a transparent cash-in on the Lego thing. Spies in disguise. I saw the trailer. It's Will Smith is a spy. He gets turned into a pigeon. Am I essentially that is the, that is the gag here? Yes. Okay. Yes, because pigeons, they blend in everywhere, right? Uh, but the spy is who likes sports cars and tuxedos. And, you know, if you changed James Bond, wisecracking Will Smith, James Bond, into a pigeon, how, how would he take to that uh, career move? And the answer is not, well even though it's supposed to work. This insults the memory I have of, of good feathers, so I'm objecting to that movie on that principle alone. So looking over it here, it's going to be Toy Story 4 for the winner, or what was the other one I see? Lion King's going to do, it's one of those two, is it? Lion King or Lego Toy Movie Story. 2, also you uh, paused oh, that. True, Lego Movie 2. Lego Movie 2 could be a juggernaut, couldn't it? How old did Lego Batman do? Fine. It did absolutely fine. Hence Lego Movie Ninjago. As far as children's movies go, there's some real times here. Lego, Lion King, yeah. Toy Story. A Lion King is essentially the same movie again, this time with a different kind of animation, so let's drop that one out. So it comes down to Toy Story or Lego. Lego's more fun than Toy Story. Toy Story's about death. Lego movies about fun. I'm going Lego movies. Right, okay. So, what do I have to add to this, apart from my pick? Which I'm going to get straight out of the way, because you just said it. I want Lego Movie to be the winner as well, because that's what I want. I want the future to be Lego. I want it to be yellow and blocky and, you know, all that stuff. Your commentary is actually right on point. Kid Who Would Be King, everyone, even people who like it a lot, are like, but really? who's going to watch this movie? The thing about me as well is I don't like it quite as much as those people because it's another, yet another. Why don't you just make an actual, not Guy Ritchie, not Guy Ritchie, forget him, forget having David Beckham cameos, that's not cute, an actual straight-up King Arthur movie, a proper one, like a real one. And I'm a big fan of uh, King Arthur Daily Legend of the, hey, what's going on, geezer? Because it's just so mad. Nobody told me. They said it was dreadful. They didn't say it would be utterly insane. They didn't say it would have, like, ninja clouds of black smoke and people running over... Ah, it's just... You haven't seen it, I take it? No. Legend of the Sword. You should try and catch it if it's on a streaming service. Because it's just... It's like... Who? Why? Why? Not in a bad way. Not like the Batman v Superman man whoever wrote this was smoking crack way in the what what is this movie? <laughs> like you're just like it really breaks your brain in just how mad it is so yeah it's worth watching just for that so we've already decided what the money makers are i'm just going to give my brief thoughts on missing link more claymation great i'm really bored of the claymation now i'm sorry um i watched that the one 
one of the Wallace and Gromits I'd never seen because I didn't know it existed. The one about them being bakers. You know that one. I think this is the one I don't know about. Yes, yeah, coming out in 2008, apparently, to very little fanfare. It's on UK Netflix at the moment. I don't know if that is good for you as well. But, yeah, they've got all the Wallace and Gromits on UK Netflix at the moment. And we, me and son watched it the other day. He was wrapped up in Wallace and Gromit. He absolutely loved it. So there's, there's nothing wrong with Wallace and Gromit. I think just Ardman have taken a sail into the lands of technically doing interesting things with claymation that are interesting to claymators, but not necessarily interesting to an audience. So I, I think that's where we're having a problem there. Wonder Park is neither here nor there. I think even the people who make Wonder Park are like, eh, it might make some money, I don't know. I think your analysis of Paw Patrol is like, the chief audience of Paw Patrol are actually too young to sit in the cinema and watch it, is absolutely on the money. It's a DVD movie, they just happen to be giving it a cinema release for some reason. Unlike Teen Titans Go from a couple of years ago, which I watched recently, in fact I own a copy on Google Play, it's it's amazing. It's so good. Anyway, let's just move on from that. Secret Life of Pets 2. That's probably going to make quite a bit of money. Will it make more money than Lego Movie 2? I don't think so, because Secret Life of Pets is kind of like, it's below Minions. Like, most of the stuff they make is below Minions. But if, like, Sing 2 was coming out, the, the harmonisation of anthropomorphic animals and recent pop hits means that that stands a chance. But... Talking animals is talking animals. It's just more talking animals humour. It's like fine. It won't do badly, but it's there's nothing to recommend it. Aladdin, Guy Ritchie, I've already said my piece. Toy Story Four, as you said, it's like what what? I'm I'm uncertain that the mass audience will have quite the conscious anger about really a fourth, because four is a bad number for a movie for franchise the only place it's ever been good is fast and the furious yeah when you get to whatever it is if something they were going to make iron man 4 people would be like i'm not sure that's the right place to go oh do you know what i mean it's like star trek 4 voyage home it was the best the highest grossing of the original yeah series. but the reason why people i think respond to that is because they really see the star trek movies beginning with wrath of khan so although it's got the number four in the end it's really the third movie because the motion picture was just thrown together at the last minute and didn't really so yeah so two three four former trilogy got what other uh, ignominious fours have we got oh crystal skull yeah absolutely uh phantom menace uh you need i say more so on so forth four is not a good number uh ask ask people in china yeah about superman that. four it's was oh good yes good point yeah. Yeah, okay, so there we go. The Queen's Corgi CGI animation, which is kind of <sighs> celebratory of British monarchy, or I don't know. It just looks awful, to be honest. So uh, maybe it'll make money. Maybe I'm missing the boat on this one. Uh, live action Lion King will do fine, uh, probably. I, I mean, it, it actually is the one that has the potential, I think, to go past Lego Movie 2 just on nostalgia fuel alone. Is he toys? Nost- well, it's such a beat-for-beat beat remake, isn't it? Yeah. Well, nostalgia for Lion King, well, I would say, fuels Lion King. Nostalgia for Toy Story works against Toy Story 4. Because if you love the other three, you're just going to be like, 
please don't be bad, please don't be bad, please don't be bad. Whereas you go into Lion King, and they're like, oh, they're just doing it with fancy CGI well, now, so I'm up for it. At first, I was I was looking at the cast list of, of the new live-action remake, and I thought, oh, are they going with an all-African cast? Good for them, I thought. Then I saw John Oliver pop up. I thought, oh, he's going to be a Rowan Atkinson character this time around, isn't he? For goodness sake, he pretty much is the modern-day Rowan Atkinson as far as movie casting goes. So it's like, yeah. it's so utterly pointless. What's the innovation here? As we're going to move on, my final word on family, because I'm not even going to go through Artemis Fowl and all that, is that I think the strategy here is spam everything because you can pull people in. And it's like people have cut, with all the family showings and all the now in the UK, I don't know if this is also happening in the US, but in the UK, a lot of cinemas have dropped their price of ticket entry very low and so going to the cinema for the family can be like a weekly activity if they so wish or whatever it is and so therefore i think they're just trying to get as much in as possible and see what sticks so it's going to be very interesting but yeah we've picked lego movie 2 let's see how that falls out for us i think it's got a good chance because it comes right at the beginning of the family season and not everybody's into dragons so, you know, horror. This is probably a great place to look for your battler. February 1st, we had Escape Room, and then we've had Happy Death Day to you. 22nd of March, Us, which is kind of like the follow-up, not really a sequel. It's more of a sort of directorial next step for Jordan Peele. Pet Cemetery rehash on April 5th that has the Stephen King thumbs up because we all know how much... That's worth a dark tower. May 3rd, The Curse of La Llorona, which is probably going to suffer from the fact that most people don't know how to pronounce the title. So how are you going to ask for a ticket for it? Ah, always thinking. 31st, we have Ma. June 21st, we have Grudge, which, yes, is a rehash of That Grudge, uh, uh, which was already a rehash in the West of That Grudge. Uh, September 6th, we have It Chapter 2. Uh, so that is our horror selection for this year. I'm not really a, a huge horror aficionado because I don't really enjoy cruelty very much. And I feel you have to get some enjoyment out of people dying <laughs> to really be a horror fan. Escape Room, as far as I'm aware, is just, was, was, it was just kind of like, hey, Escape Room is a bit of a thing at the moment. What if there was Escape Rooms where you died if you didn't get out? That's basically the well, it's essentially like a mashup of Saw with training wheels with Cube. I watched the trailer for Happy Death Day to You, and, I, and it seemed to be having fun with the premise that it was a sequel to the previous film. So I, I'll give yes. it some points for that. Yeah, to a certain extent, Happy Death Day to You could almost have just been put straight into comedy. Because the first one was definitely trying to be a horror movie, but by all accounts, this one kind of plays to its meta roots and therefore is like a, a horror comedy with the excess on comedy rather than horror. You, you die, you just come back to life again. So it's it's Groundhog Day with, with the serial killer again. Yeah. Us uh, seems to be a family go on vacation and then there's some weirdos turn up and start killing people. Is that essentially the premise? You, did, you not, did you not watch the trailer? I thought I did. No, what happens is the family go on holiday and then get stalked at home by weird doppelgangers. The point is that Get Out kind of went to places people weren't expecting. So this trailer here is signalling, hey, you know where this is going to go? 
not somewhere you're expecting. Here's a hint. So there's that whole line about uh, those people, they're us. Oh, they're being and how good. it's like a I've just it's watched, a kind of body snatchers type of oh, right. vibe. I've, I've just been watching the trailer now, and I'm deducing they're all uh, cloned against their will in the laboratory. So anyway, um, fine. Uh, Pet Cemetery. Yep. Uh, Stephen King, isn't it? Stephen King back again. Yeah, Stephen King, and it has the Stephen King's thumbs up, which, as I said, is worth nothing because yes. he gives thumbs up to some of the most outrageous rubbish and doesn't like The Shining. So and the um, kiss of la 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 la. la. I, I, I watched your the, owner. Uh, I watched, right. watched the trailer of that, and it, it kind of washed over me. I'm sorry to say. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yes. Uh, Ma seems to be like, are you a teenager? Do you enjoy going away to parties where your parents don't know and drinking alcohol and making out with a boy? Well, you deserve to be murdered! So, uh, that's one yes. of those movies. Blumange, possibility, stigmatizing mental illness. There you go, that's our Tumblr yes. outrage for that film. Grudge? Look, I took the trailer for the 90s Grudge, I'm sure it's the, the same. Thing. I looked for the trailer of the Grudge, and instead what I found was the complete, someone put the complete movie on YouTube of one of the previous Grudges. I was like, this trailer's going on for yes. a while, wasn't it? Oh, it's the actual movie, that's why. So I actually, <laughs> actually don't know what that, well, I have an idea what that movie's going to be about. It's, it's going to be about an hour and a half. Yes. It's chapter two, it's chapter one. Uh, people sat up and took notice. I think everyone's going to turn up and watch it chapter two. So let's look over what we've got. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, you like it or you won't. Pet Cemetery, who cares? Da, 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 da. It. It's going to be it. It's going to be it. It's right. Two. You're going to go for it. Okay. So, uh, you may change your mind, which is perfectly permissible after my commentary, seeing as I'm more the horror guy, but we'll see how you feel. I mean, you might not be wrong, to be honest, but let me, uh, break this out of you. Yeah, escape room is like, like the throwaway. So I think the key thing it was last year, it was the pretentious horror that made the bank. So uh, that's where we're looking. That's where our eyes are set. So Escape Room and Happy Death Day to you, straight off the slate straight away, because neither of those are particularly pretentious. Happy Death Day to you could be argued to be the reverse of pretentious. Us is definitely pretentious. Pet Cemetery is going for that. Your mother had to keep this book in the freezer, so now we're going to make But I, I think Pet Cemetery has been demonstrated to be more terrifying to read than it is to watch as a film. Maybe maybe they've cracked it this time, I don't know. Curse of the Llorona is an opportunistic movie, uh, trying to, and I think it's like the Weeping Woman thing is fine, but they kind of covered it. There was an episode of Grimm where they did the, the, the and I think they did it pretty well. Do we really need another movie on that topic? I'm not sure that we do. I mean, Grimm covered it in 42 minutes, and it was fine. Uh, yeah, Ma looks a bit heavy for me, uh, not really fun. Just looks like, yeah, an excuse for, like, misery, uh, and not in a good way. Grudge, yeah, I mean, really? I mean, people complain about lazy recycling when it's not even something like Grudge. But this is just lazy. It's not even... It was a second string Asian horror remake when they made it the first time round. It's like if they did, like, another Western remake of The Ring now. Or that I movie that they already remade. It's like, like, stop it. There's no point to this. You've got your money. Go away. Um, It's chapter two. Obviously, the smart money 
it would be on like oh well you know i saw half a movie two years ago now i want to see the rest of it but do people that's the thing the buzz is already not that great and of course it doesn't have any of your any that the stranger thing connection is gone because there's no flashbacks because it's all or this bit happened in the past and then this bit happens in the present. So I think it's got a hill to climb. I think people are just going to be like, I mean, yeah, the effort that this movie is going to have to make not to be an almighty, massive, stinking disappointment is absolutely huge. So I cannot back it. And therefore, I'm going to go for the hipster dollar and pick us. Like, it's got that hereditary quiet place summer horror vibe of like people are just i might hate it myself but i'm not in tune with what people like in this room before we do turkeys and battlers let's just take our notes notes are suddenly we're getting the first whispers of the biopic trend that is following on from bohemian rhapsody with uh may 10th may this year is biopic month with the 10th bringing us the biopic of everybody's favorite warwickshire academic jr tolkien in tolkien and then the 24th we have that dude what did the eddie the eagle biopic uh, and also those kingsman movies being elton john in rocket man uh, and I'm like, really, is this what we've... And then we've got the rumours of the David Bowie biopic and so on and so forth. It's like, is this going to be a thing? A biopic's coming. Are we going to have to put up with this or... The main thing that surprised me about doing Rocket Man is, is the fact that Elton John is not dead. And really, what's just made these other films stand out and really jang nostalgia when you hear those music, the Queen movie, even the Liberace movie, that those, those artists are gone. And it's kind of the fleeting genius has vanished. Like David Bowie movie, you know, a biopic about David Bowie, oh, that'd be interesting to watch, wouldn't it? But it's like Rocket Man, Elton John isn't alive, he's living in a giant mansion. It's like, I, I'm sure he's had tragedy in his life, but at the end of the day, he's disgustingly rich and lives in a mansion. He's fine. Don't worry about him. Uh, yeah, I think that Rocket Man is kind of tra- hoping to combine the nostalgia for those classic Queen tunes, that kind of audience with the Mamma Mia audience possibly and be like hey look we don't have to be sad about this because nobody's dead so you know let's just have a lot of tunes and you know meanwhile it's like I think the main thing they do with Tolkien is that because this is like the ultimate prequel to Lords of the Rings they finally cracked it here and they should make it a trilogy <laughs> Peter Jackson trilogy <laughs> well yeah he's like an academic at the end of the day he just kept on writing and rewriting and rewriting again his own mythology that he's making. And yes, he obviously struck a chord because it's still something that has, it's inspired a lot of spin-off genre of a, of a more strongly defined fantasy, I suppose. And like, but I think a lot of his mythic structures have not copied over necessarily to, to other things. Uh, yeah. Fought some wars, he grew up in this part of the country and then he wrote a lot of he wrote the same book over and over again until he died. I'm not feeling either of those movies, and I really hope that th- those two, plus the unauthorised David Bowie bo- uh, biopic that is not allowed to use any of David Bowie's music, I hope those three <laughs> kill this vile trend stone dead, because 
really, I go to the movies to watch stuff that isn't even vaguely true, not to watch stuff that's just lies about people who really did exist. Leo, Leo, 50 years from now, do we want to have a J.K. Rowling biopic movie coming out? Like, in 50 years, I'm probably not going to care, so do what you like. The last thing to mention, because, I mean, it it can't really go into uh, this because we go from... Uh, February, because that's a thing now, all the way to October. And Zombieland Double Tap is coming out literally the week after our window closes because it's a cute reference to the release date of Zombieland and a decade later. But it's Zombieland. Zombieland is loved. It's embraced. People love that movie so much. And are they chucking a boatload of cash out of the window just for a bit of reference humour. Is that is that what they're doing here? Or are people really going to show up first week of October to go and to make massive box office smash for Zombieland Double Tap? Would it be better off, say, June, July? I, I haven't seen the first one. I, I know the references, though. Yeah. Zombieland is so good. Um, yeah, everyone says it's good. And I've seen, I've seen the Bill Murray clips. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Zombieland. I went to see it at the cinema when it first came out, ten years ago this October. I was like, yeah, it was fun. And then I didn't think any more about it. I thought it was kind of disposable. And I happened to catch it again. I was like, oh, this is much better than I remember it. And it's this rare thing, a movie that gets better the more times you watch it. So, you know. No, and that's the thing, it's had 10 years to stew. So maybe they can rely on that fan base coming out in October, but why should they have to? I think they've, I think they've been stupid. I think they should have moved it earlier, but maybe they will, because it's only, what, February. Maybe they'll just go, yeah, screw the release date thing. Let's just move it back. They've already moved a couple of things around a bit. Uh, I just don't see why they wouldn't do that, but maybe they won't. And we, you can't say it now because it hasn't happened yet. So there we are. So uh, we only have uh, a couple more orders of business. Out of the list of all the movies, not including the notable ones, which obviously they're just a notable thing. So out of all of the serious contenders that we've seen placed before us today, what do you think, Ian, is going to be your summer turkey? What is going to weigh underperform on the expectation. To be a real turkey, you have to have a high budget. I feel that's one of the hallmarks. Oh, yeah, definitely. Any any, any low-budget film can disappear without a trace. So looking over this list, I'm going to have to go with a mute elephant depressing torture movie Dumbo is not going to be as successful as people think. <laughs> right, okay, it's going to be quite unsuccessful, in fact. I think you might be on some... I mean, it comes out at a bad time as well, right at the end of March... Like, there's a lot of stuff floating about. I don't think people are going to have time, as you say, for mute elephant to torture. I think that's uh, definitely turkey-rific. I'm going to take the same approach as you in thinking, well, it's got to have had some money put into it in order to fall on its face real hard. So I am actually going to go for Men in Black International on a whim. I've just looked at that and gone, yeah, nobody's interested in Men in Black. So I'm going to go for my, that's going to be my pick for Turkey. I've looked at other things, but I don't think anything's going to fall in its face quite as hard as that. I, I'm almost confident. Now is the slightly more tricky 
concept. Uh, so, uh, comedy famine, well, comedy and horror, really, we're looking at you. What is going to overperform? What's your battler? Yeah. Horror's not really my forte, so I'm just going to flip into comedy and go, what's going to make surprising money here? Oh, goodness me, doing that isn't any easier either. Uh, I think quite a lot, no. of, I think quite a lot, quite a lot of money got spent on yesterday because it looked like it had a real director of photography working his ass off on it, going for the trailer. Shall I pick mine first? Because I've just had a thought. Oh, and I'm going to go for something unusual because I, the, the, where the battler lies is, is kind of really difficult at the moment. But it just occurred to me, right, that John Wick 3 probably doesn't have the world's biggest budget. So I'm actually going to say that John Wick 3 is going to be like the biggest John Wick yet. And I think they may have underplayed the budget for John Wick 3. That's what I, that's my instinct without actually even looking into it. I think it's 40 million, I think. 40 million is what you were getting. So yeah, I think that could be, 40 million is low enough that it, if people really are in the mood for John Wick 3, it could make a bank. But what do you think, Ian? Is that... Oh my goodness, I honestly can't see a damn thing I think it's a battler. I should pick something just for the purposes of record keeping. Yeah, just for, the, just for the purposes of it. Go with your heart and let, let the chips fall where they may. That sounds like a line from some kind of movie. Okay, my, my criteria is a film that makes people feel good. Yeah. So you find me a film that makes people feel good that didn't cost too much money on the list, and I'll choose that one. So we're probably in comedy. Uh, we're probably going with... Go with Yesterday. I don't think... I'm not sure, because I reckon Yesterday's got a, quite a big budget. Because apart from anything else, it's got Beatles songs. You've got to pay a goddamn fortune for those. So I, I think its production values are reasonably good. I don't think it's a battler. It's got the music though, hasn't it? Has it got a star? Uh, has it, hasn't it really got yes. star power behind it though? It? Yes, well that's one of the things that occurs to me. I mean, music licensing might be expensive for the likes of, uh, you and me. Okay, I'll go yesterday, sitting on the basis I thought the trailer was a good trailer. Yeah. Well done trailer people. I'm not gonna go see it, but if I was, I would have. Yes. It's really hard to find budget information as well. Uh, so for that, because the word yesterday isn't, is that it throws Google for a loop. So, uh, yeah, so we don't know what the budgets of our prospective battlers are. Uh, one because it willfully won't tell us and the other because it willfully can't be found to con- Salt, but there we go. Okay, so those are the choices that we have made. Uh, one of my tasks in between now and early October is to, well, actually probably more like mid-October, because you like to get let September settle down a bit before you uh, make a commitment on what box office figures are. But my task between now and then is to boil the original document, which breaks things down by month, just into a list of things, and then add the budget, so the box offices, and then we can have a good talk about it later in the year. Uh, but one of the things that I love about this show is that even if you weren't excited to go to the cinema in 2019 before you started listening, Thing, then you should have found something in there. I mean, there's things in there I definitely want to go and see. And the way that the film industry goes now is that you can just go, yeah, I don't want to see that, I don't want to see that, but you will still come out seeing, you know, if you went to see everything you were even vaguely interested in, you'd have two or three cinema trips every month during summer uh, to contend 
end with. And I think this summer's going to be no exception. Uh, so that's good news, uh, surely. Except I think what I'm worried about and what a lot of people are worried about is when are we going to reach saturation? I'm pretty sure that family movies are pushing their luck this hmm. year. There's a lot so of So many. Well, I'm looking yeah. at, I look at the comic book movies and if we can get it beardy here and look at what's the meta, the meta across all these movies, what are they trying to say to us? We've got Captain Marvel, a god-level superhero. She's going to be back again kicking Thanos' ass in Endgame, I assume. We've got Dark Phoenix, another woman with godlike powers. Meanwhile, to, against that, we've got Shazam and Spider-Man and Hellboy, which is basically a kid, kid goes on vacation and has, with goofy powers. Well, Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Spider Man's the least powered starring movie character because well, I'm, not, I'm not saying just, the men. I'm not saying that the boys have power. The boys are contrasted by not having as much power. But at the, at the same time, no, it's whoa, the, no, the boys no, no. Are, it's boys messing around, isn't it? Hellboy just kind of has a bit of a beat up. Yeah. Shazam is yeah. a schoolboy fantasy about having power, and Spider Man is on vacation. But Shazam is definitely on that godlike level because he's a magic Superman, which is like. Superman, but without the burden of science, of any sort, even pseudoscience. And uh, Hellboy is like a dark god. So, um, you know, but just chooses to sit around watching television, eating popcorn, instead of actually doing anything, because he might, you know, take over the world or something by accident if he he starts exploring that side of his personality. So, yeah, I mean, I just, yeah. I I, I, I don't know anything about New Mutants, but I'm willing to bet... The one mutant there that can literally shatter the entire world with the power, power of their mind is probably going to be a girl. <laughs> probably. probably You're going to call it now. Okay, yes. cool. At this stage, from this end of the, the, this end of the pitch, because we aren't having any sporting events, because last year we had lots of sporting events that put a big hole in the middle of, donut hole in the middle of the release schedule. This year is a lot more evenly spread. And to a certain extent, there are many risky films in there. So the only thing that we can be absolutely certain of is that The Battler won't be in sci-fi and fantasy because those movies cost too much. That's it. That's all I can say. So, uh, yeah, uh, if you have enjoyed this, or uh, then you can find us to talk to us about about this show on Facebook. Just search for Revenge of the 80s Kids. Uh, we did have this whole thing that we used to drop in, but we haven't got time to re-record it right now, and I think it should be shorter and what have you. Final thoughts, Ian? Here we are again. It's, it's, it's a nice rhythm to our lives these days. Like these episodes kind of do themselves. They're kind of nice to do. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to our results. There's a few films here that I genuinely do want to go see. I mean, Endgame is going to be a cultural event, isn't it? Endgame is going to be all the conclusion to that open-ended plot line that It Chapter 2 won't be. Yes. Uh, so uh, and until uh, March, April 26th, uh, I, I guess we've just got to uh, kill time. Yeah, well, I, I'm super stoked for Captain Marvel. I want it to be super awesome. I like the fact that now that they've bought Fox, they can actually say scrolls. That's yes. cool. So I'm all I, the 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 hype. You have to sift the hype, but I believe the hype is worthy on this film. I'm the sure things he, that I've heard. It's going to be a good. perfectly competent superhero movie. We know they can make competent superhero movies, and it's going to be nice to see Samuel Jackson around again for more than a cameo. I think you're. It's not in 
in a contention for any of the stuff that we we would actually put it in a bracket for, but I think you're underestimating Captain Marvel there. And on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye for now and thanks for listening. Ant-Man money.